two of the most true people that you'll ever see in the ministry is right there. And so it is a thrill. Amen. So I want to preach to you for just a few minutes. I promise you I'm not, not going to be long. I need you to <laughs> shut up. <laughs> um, so I purposely, I knew what was happening this week, so I purposely cut it down a little bit because this is not all of it yet. So um, Christy and and Dustin move a lot prophetically, and so I want them to to have time to lay hands on you at the end. And at at that point, if you need to leave, you can leave, Um, but but we would like for you to stay and and let's pray. So we're in 2 Timothy today, and this is the last sermon that I'll be preaching on um, servanthood. So the Lord gave me, told me to, to preach this. And then last week, I told you I was up all Saturday night and the Lord was revealing to me some things for the last. And he ended with, and by next week, I want you to preach this. And it was this message, stir up the gift. And so I'm in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. This is Paul writing to his spiritual son. He says, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, I'm persuaded it's in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Then I want to turn back to 1 Timothy chapter 4. So he's ending one letter and he began another letter. And so and with a whole lot of the same message, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14, and he's telling his spiritual son, he says, Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things and give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. So right at the start, before we even pray, I want to correct a little bad theology. So the world will tell you this. They'll say, use it or lose it. So if you don't use your gift, you're going to lose it. But that's contrary to the Word of God. So got to get that thinking out of your mind. The Bible says the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. So if He called you and gifted you when you were six or seven years old with something, it's still there. Now, what we're going to talk about today is the gifts that are laying dormant, but they're still there. So it's very possible that your gift is dormant and that he's telling Timothy, his spiritual son, I want you to stir this up. Don't neglect the gift that God has put in you. Why? Because the kingdom needs you to use your gift and you need, you want to know what joy is? Use your gift. For the glory of God. Father God, we just come before you today and I'm thankful for every moment of this service. I thank you, Lord, that you have used people to bring, Lord, elements of your voice into this service. And God, we hear what you're saying. We're listening today to the Spirit of God. And Lord, we know you're not through with us yet. Lord, I I just pray, Lord, that every one of us would just lay our hearts on the altar today. And Father, allow you to come and just pick some things out, Lord, that that's not godly, that's that's ungodly thoughts or things that 
maybe somebody planted in us a long time ago and you said, no, that's not of me. Let's get that out of your heart. Father, we yield ourselves to you right now for the moving of the Spirit of God to make us new creatures in Christ to be wholly thine, Father. Lord, the greatest joy in this life is doing the will of the Father. And I pray, God, that every person, Lord, hears that word today and allows you to work. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, my rock and my redeemer. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <clears throat> the vision of this church from the very beginning was a vision of prayer, that we would be a house of prayer. There was a vision of love, not just loving those that like us, but loving those that don't like us. You hear what I'm saying? Not everybody is real lovable. But that does not give us an excuse. That's no excuse. God didn't say, love the people that like you. He said, anybody can do that. I'm calling you to love those that are not kind to you, right? So we're to pray, we're to be loved, we're to preach the word, and we're to reach the lost. That's the four things that God shared with us that we are to do. Then God shared with us in this, in this series of sermons, the mission statement. He says this, we are called by God to be an outwardly focused body of believers. Inwardly, we are prepared to serve as people come. Our mindset is one of love, putting others first, not self-promotion. Each person is gifted by the Holy Spirit. Each person is gifted by the Holy Spirit. Each person is gifted by the Holy Spirit to serve and carry the light of Jesus into a sick and dying world. So the very first thing that I notice about this scripture is we should be thankful for our spiritual heritage. He's talking to his spiritual son. He said, hey, I saw this stuff happening in your mom and your grandma. And now it's in you. Hallelujah. A few weeks ago, I told you about two brothers that was here in the church, the Low brothers. I didn't know this. The Lord, this was this had to be God. Somebody asked me a question. I started digging in my files, and I found out I had never seen this before. But I found out that that Don and, and Robert Lowe had signed their name on a loan to build this church. We walked in this church debt free, folks. They gave it to us. It reminded me of, of when Jesus or when God talked to the children of Israel and He said, you're going to inhabit a land where you're not going to have to build the houses and you're not going to have to plant the vineyards. They're already there. Thank you for the work that was already done. Mandy Hobson's mom and family helped build this church. She went to this church back when she was a little girl. I think that's recognizable. I thank God that my mama prayed for me. Had somebody pray for you in your life? What a blessing. You know, I, I find that all of us have maybe come here at a, at a different moment in time. And sometimes we say, what took me so long to get here? You know what? You thank God for what you had. Whether you come out of the Amish or the Mennonites or Catholic or Baptist. I was thinking about that. We got former Mennonites, former Amish we got pretty much former everybody except Baptist. 
we got Baptist Costals now. We, they, they, they're the one that is able to cling to what they had and add, add the power of the Holy Ghost to it, right? Here's what I'm telling you. Don't just throw the baby out with the bathwater. You realize God got you to this point, whatever avenue, so we thank Him for that. But there are some people here, I always like talking to these people, when I ask them, what was you raised? And they'll look at me and say, I was raised heathen. <laughs> Bless God. <laughs> but what I'm saying, there are some here that are first generation believers. You're the first one in your family that has trusted Jesus. Yeah, that ought to, we ought to shout about that. Thank you, Jesus. So you have an opportunity to take the gospel into your family, into your friends. You are going to change the culture of your family. Oh, appreciate you both. (laughs) Are you getting that? My family's heathen. We get together, we get drunk. We do this and we do that. Not anymore, you're in the house. I'm bringing the gospel of peace into the place. The gospel of joy into the place. The gospel of Jesus now just walks in. You may not preach to them, but they prom- when uh, Arthur got spirit-filled, his whole family's Presbyterian. All of them Presbyterian. God help them. <laughs> Arthur, when he was 16 years old, he went to a full gospel business meeting. He comes home. He got spirit-filled that night. He comes home and he didn't say a word and he's walking upstairs to his bedroom. His mom's, I think, in the kitchen and she looks at him and she said, Hey, what happened to you tonight? He didn't say a word. But mama knew something was different. And from that, it spread out through his whole family. His dad was so concerned, he started going to full gospel business meetings. I don't know, you guys may not even know what those things were. A bunch of businessmen got together back in the 80s and they just started preaching the gospel to other businessmen and letting the Holy Spirit flow. His dad got spirit-filled. I'm telling you, it worked through the family, right? And that, as a first-generation Christian, that's what you're going to do. It, the, the gospel is going to work through you. We have been preaching a lot about letting your light shine. So thank the Lord for that. In the Greek, the word gift is charismata. Now some of you may have heard that before. And you may have wondered where in the world did we get the term charismatic. And that means it's a special endowment. You know, sometimes we say about somebody that's smooth talking, oh, he's got a lot of charisma. Folks, don't look for the smooth talker. Look for the charismata. Look for the special endowment that it didn't come through a school, it didn't come through an education, it came through the Holy Ghost. Right? God wants to endow us with certain gifts. I just happen to bring a gift. Bless the Lord. So, I also brought my bucket. I did this for mostly for because Dustin was here. This is what you call an African bathtub. Right? We bathe in this. You put the right foot in. And you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey. And and this is how we bathe for a long time. You know, in the ways of the world, I was brought up. My pastor used to preach about money. 
some and he's saying that the way of the world is make all you can, can all you make, and then set on the can. That's the way of the world. Now, I don't know why the Lord wanted me to share this, but I knew he did. Folks, that ain't the way of the church. That's not the way of the believer. See, the way of the believers, let the Lord bless the working of your hands to be a giver. So that it flows through you. And the more you give, the more he gives into you. It's an amazing thing. But today, I just brought that because I wanted you to see something. This is a precious little gift. Here's what I've learned in my 62 years of life. When a gift comes in a small package, it's usually expensive. It's usually the good ones, right? When it comes in a big box, it's Treva wrapped up rocks and it's trying to... (laughs) She got me a toothbrush in a box this big, right? (laughs) But when it comes like this, it's something good. And God give me a gift. Give you a gift. Everybody in this room, God has gifted you. Sometimes we don't appreciate it. Sometimes we say, oh, Jesus, thank you so much for this gift. I'll pick it up when I need it. I think I can do it by myself, Lord. I don't think I need that. But if I do, I know where it's at. And we let that gift just sit in that bucket for a long time. Now, you may think this is weird, but his spiritual son, Pastor Timothy. Pastor Timothy is pastoring the church at Ephesus, which is like the biggest growing, fastest growing church. And Paul has to write him and say, stir up that gift. And then in the first Timothy, he says, don't neglect that gift. That's two different things. And I feel like there's some of us that have, because of church hurt, because not everybody appreciates your gift, some people maybe even has talked about your gift. Every gift is a little bit different. They don't all sound the same. They don't all look the same. Because God has uniquely gifted you. Do you realize that? There's something about you that's different than everybody else. And it's God in you. He's, he's given you the gift. And so Paul is telling his son, hey, get that gift back out. Because it's going to help you. And see, when I open this gift, it's going to touch people that I can't do myself. You know, I find a lot of preachers are getting into the ministry because they have a gift to gab. Or they like to be in front of people. They like to be the center of attention. And they're intelligent. They're smooth. But you know what? Their box is empty. There's no anointing on their life. It's not by power. It's not by might. It's by your spirit, says the Lord. Let's open the gift. Let's stir it up. You know, my wife, I think she's one of the greatest piano players, worship leaders, whatever you want to deem it. 
She's one of the greatest ones I've ever seen in my life. I recognized that when I was just a kid. When I was leading song service, I'd get up there and I'd lead song service and she'd play for me. And I'd get stumped every once in a while. I'm just like, what am I supposed to sing now? <laughs> All of a sudden, Tree would be over there and she'd just start playing something. She'd just start playing and I'd just follow her lead. And we realize. I'm the loud mouth, but she's leading worship, right? She's, I was just accompanying her. It looked the other way. For 25 years, it looked the other way, right? But I knew her gift. You see, she started taking piano lessons at six years old. She applied herself in that gift. Does that make sense? Some gifts she applied. You get better as you use your gifts. It may seem a little awkward once in a while, to use your gift because this is the first time I've really messed with it. But you just keep working at it and the Lord will show you how to use that gift. He will give you the right method to use that gift. You know, the Bible says, if you in the Old Testament, I, I meant to look this up and I forgot to, He said, if you have a craft and you develop it and become an expert at your craft, you will stand before kings. Because your craft, your gift will open the door to going before the very high echelon of people. You don't believe that? Who stood before King Agrippa? Paul. Wasn't nobody else. Why? Because he used his gift. He allowed the Lord. He perfected what God was doing. And it's funny, in his mind... He said, I'm the least of the least. I'm nobody but God in me. But God is using me. Praise the Lord. So just because you have a gift, you be careful when you begin to boast about your gift. You know, there's lots of gifts. There's gifts of the Spirit. There's nine of them. And then there's the grace gifts. In 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans chapter 12, he talks about the gift of serving. Teaching, exhorting, giving, mercy, leadership, help, administration, hospitality, and craftsmanship. Craftsmanship is not mentioned there. It's mentioned other places. There's five offices. The apostle, I've showed you this many times on your left hand. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastors, and teachers. They govern, they guide, they gather, they guard, and they ground. Right? Apostle is the only one. And so the church, what did the church do? Eh, we don't need you, we don't need you, we don't need you. We'll just take the last two. <laughs> and we've been short. But when God restores the apostle, God restores the prophet, God restores the evangelist, so that all five are operating in the kingdom with the body bringing their gifts I'm telling you, it's a powerhouse. The way God designed it, it's a powerhouse. Right? It, we're, we're not working up worship. We're not working up things to get people to come in. I, when they see it, they'll, they'll, people are drawn to a fire. They'll follow the fire truck to see what's burning. Folks, when all these gifts come together and the fire of Jesus, we won't be able to contain them. We won't be begging people to come to church. We'll be saying, hey, we, this, this service is closed. Come to the next one. Praise God for your enthusiasm. Thank you so much.
he says something that I thought was unique. And he said um, that the gift that you have was imparted to you by the laying on of hands. Romans, uh, Romans 1 verse 11, Paul's writing, he says, For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established. Some gifts are given through the laying of, on of hands. Other gifts, God just gives them to you and we, we've got to, to use them. I don't think there's any set pattern. But we need, all of us need the Holy Spirit to lead us into how to use what God has given us. He says, give complete attention and meditate on these things. God's purpose must be our number one priority. Listen, because you might have missed that. Your gifting is not your number one priority. God's, God's plan is your number one priority. And he talked about it. He talked about winning the loss, feeding people, doing all the... That's God's heartbeat. That's our priority. Your gift comes alongside to equip us so that it's not one man trying to do everything. It's the whole body coming together with the offices. You know, when God gave me Treva as my wife, He gave me a gift. I haven't always appreciated that gift. (laughs) But it's a gift. When God gave me to this church, He gave you a gift. When God brought Dustin and Christy into this house, He gave us another gift. Now they're not here often. But it's a, are you following me? How are you going to treat the gift? We've got, we've got to be careful how we treat the things that God gave us. You see, if my kids come and I, I gave them a nice gift, well, let me just tell you, I did. I'm, I'm not real sentimental, but I love quilts. I mean, I love quilts. And when we started our house or started a family, her mom and dad, uh, her mom, made us two quilts, the church back home. They made us two quilts that we started out with. And then on our 10th anniversary, I found out her grandmother had pieced a quilt before she died. And so I slipped it out of the house without her knowing, and I had her home church quilt this thing for us, piece it together and quilt it. And so on our 10th anniversary, I gave her her grandma's quilt. Well, I don't... There's not too many gifts that make her cry, but that one made her cry. And so I chalked it up as, <laughs> won this one. <laughs> and so we had this idea a few years ago, we got three kids, we got three quilts. Let's give each one of these kids one of these quilts that are so special to us. And then we go to their house and we find them just sort of thrown into the closet. Just wadded up and thrown over there. And you know, it did something to my heart. The spirit of slap came upon me. <laughs> you don't treat a gift with disrespect. A gift is to be treasured. It's to be respected. Now, I'm not saying, oh, you should do this great stuff for me. I'm just saying there should be... You know, 50 years ago, preachers was treated different. 
today, preachers are started treated like used car salesmen. I'm serious, folks. You think it buys me one thing, it does not. There's no respect for ministers in the kingdom anymore. But you know what? I don't care about there. I care about here. There ought to be a respect for for the gifts that God places in us. Brother Dave is not here. He's went home to, to be with his family in Florida. Dave Allen. Dave Allen has a gift. He probably doesn't recognize it. He has a gift of hospitality and just make and just loving people. We ought to honor that gift. And you ought to thank him. This brother here. He said, I wouldn't be here if it hadn't been him greeting me at the door. See, I, I, what I'm trying to tell you is people don't come to church just because I'm preaching. Now, I don't get it. I don't. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> they come to church for a lot of different reasons. And a lot of it is love of the body. Are we all doing our part? And so what I wanted to tell you today is get off the can. Don't neglect the gift. Stir it up. Let's see what God is doing. Faith without works is dead. Don't tell me about your gift. Let me see it in action. Let me see it. There's another thing that he told his spiritual son. For that gift is really going to be operational, you got to bind the fear that's going to limit it. See, every one of us, when we discover this gift, for some reason we get to thinking it's all about us and not about him. And then we begin to see that, oh, everybody might not like my gift or... You know, my gift make make me strange, or this may happen, or that may happen. And he says, God's not giving you that spirit. Do you listen to what he called fear? He called it a spirit. Spiritual things cannot be won by human wisdom. Spiritual things must be brought down through spiritual. Right? So, there is a healthy fear, and that's the fear of God. But this fear that limits us in moving in our giftings, not a God. And so you've got to bind that. And you've got to release the power of love. So I, I used to think this. I used to think, God, I, I, I've got a boldness problem. Would you help me to overcome this shyness? And the Lord spoke this to me one day. He said, you don't have a boldness problem. You've got a love problem. Ooh, that hurt. I said, what do you mean? He said, if you really love people, you'll tell them about me. See, love will push you. It'll push you out of your shell. And God's given us love. And He's given us power. And He's given us a sound mind. I don't know about you, but I have to quote that to myself sometimes. God, I thank you. So let me just mention one other thing. We're going to stop. One of the ways that you bind fear and you release these other things is by prophesying over yourself. Say, I don't know what you're talking about. 
Well, neither do I, so listen. <laughs> we need to speak the word, not our fear. Now, you may not recognize this, but we speak fear, death, doubt all the time over ourselves. Well, I'm scared this might happen. Well, then this, you know, if I do that, I might go broke. Quit speaking that nonsense. And let's start saying what God says about us. If God just told me that He has given me power. Power. Authority. He's given me a sound mind. Then look at yourself. Look in the mirror sometime. Point to yourself. And say, you've got a sound mind, now quit acting like that. Prophesy over yourself. I've got a sound mind in Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, for this sound mind. I make good decisions because I'm led by Him. When they found the teacher, they found Him by accident. At least it seemed like an accident to them. This lady said, will you come with us and pray for my husband? She was a little demented. She didn't realize her husband died a couple years ago. They walked five miles out into the desert to find out he's been dead for a long time. Man, I, I'm sure, I know that guy well enough to know he's probably ticked off. I can't believe I've wasted half a day walking out here. But what he found is God needed him to go to the desert. Because on the way back, he's going to meet a man <laughs> that happens to be a teacher. The night before, God had laid it on her. I'm telling you, the night before. She said, we need to pray about this. Th these people need a teacher. The night before. They walk out into the desert to talk to a dead man. That's not highly effective. But on their way back, they meet a guy. Lead him to Jesus. And he happens to be a teacher that says... Yes, I will teach the people to read. Even your accidents God can ordain. He'll turn it around. At our men's discussion this week, one of the guys was talking about a decision he made. And it had troubled him. He I don't know if I made the right decision. I, I really second guess it. Quit it. It's nonsense. Don't worry about it. But give it to God. And if you give it to God, if it was wrong, He'll bring it back around so you can correct it. You hear me? He will, he will bring it back. Even your mistakes He will redeem. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Stand with me if you would. So... Paul told Timothy, stir up that gift that came through an impartation of the Spirit of God by the laying on the hands of prophets. Just so happens, the day that God tells me to preach a sermon, two prophets come in the land. This family, this family here, the Browns, I don't think they're prophets, but they move in prophecy. So you have a wonderful opportunity today to stir up that gift. So if you're here and you feel like your gift is in a box or your, your gift is in the, in the bucket, you've neglected the gift of God. Let me tell you, 
There's some of you today that you know absolutely for sure what your gift is. And you know you dropped it in the bucket. And you walked away from it because somebody didn't receive your gift. Hmm. There's 99 people out there that need the gift that you've got. One person spoke against it. And you're going to let one person deter you from ministering to the 99. Stir up your gift, guys. If this is you, if you're in the house today and this is ministered to you, I want you to come and line up here. We'll move quickly. As soon as we get to praying, if you just really need to leave, you can leave, but you may miss something. But come on forward. If you need to know Jesus... Our brothers already led you in the sinner's prayer. But there will be people here to pray for you also. If you need Jesus, man, we want we want to, to lead you to Christ. All right. Anybody else saying, I, I want somebody to pray for me. I, I want to see what God wants to do in my life. Now the rest of you. I don't mean to be insulting, but here's what you are saying. I'm doing good. I've got it. I don't need anything else. Or else, no. No. I ain't stirring up nothing. Leave well enough alone. Folks, I'm trying to tell you, you have an opportunity in the Spirit of God right now to let God do something in you. Don't miss an opportunity with God. Even if you feel like you're using your gift. What's it going to hurt? Nothing. Amen. I'm going to ask these. Now, Christy is gifted to pray for women. She's gifted in that. So, Christy, we want you to feel free to move and just pray, especially for women. There's others that may want to lay your hands on people and pray and believe and speak as God moves you. And so we're not going to hesitate. We're going to pray. Treva will be leading in worship. If you stay, you stay praying, right? Stay praying. Deacons, it's a great opportunity for you to minister. Father God, we come before you right now, Lord. I've delivered, Lord, exactly what you placed on my heart, Lord. Lord, you birthed this one. I didn't. Lord, you you laid it out, Father. This is a message that you have for this church because in 2024, we need every person doing what you've called us to do. Father, I need help, Lord. I need people that's going to come alongside and bring their gifting to us, Father, and use it to expand the kingdom. We're not interested in building a church. We're interested in building the kingdom of God. We're interested in building men. We're interested in building women. We're interested in building families that will stand the test of time, that will stand in the marketplace and say this is the way. Walk in it. Father, I pray God for your anointing to fall from heaven, to touch lives. Stir up the gift, God. Stir that gift up in each one of us. Hallelujah. 
Lord, I pray, Lord, right now that the gift of prophecy, Lord, would come out, Father. Lord, that you would speak, Lord, oracles from heaven, God. Prophesy to us, Lord. Move by the Spirit of God to touch our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may get prayed for multiple times. You just stand there and let the Lord move, tree believers. I worship you, Almighty God. There is none like you. I worship you, O Prince of Peace. That is what I long to do. I give. 